Suitcase is a website, quarterly print magazine, and now podcast that celebrates the culture of travel. Hello, you're listening to The Upgrade, a brand new travel podcast brought to you by Suitcase Magazine. I'm Fleur Rollette Manis. And I'm India Dowley, and we're here to help you travel smarter. Coming up on today's episode. Five or six years ago, there was the things you did for wellness, and then there's your life. Now we just understand that wellness has to be a part of your everyday. And so what people are, are looking for now is just ways to incorporate it. Hey India, how are you? Are you feeling nice and refreshed from your Norfolk staycation? Hi Fleur, I'm really, really great actually. It was so good to be out of London and out of my flat. I really needed to have a change of scenery. Yeah, definitely. A change of scenery is exactly what I need and crave when I'm feeling exhausted or fatigued. And I think your break came at such a pivotal time. I feel like we're at that tipping point where there's a sliver of hope normality things are starting to resume but we're not quite there yet and so it's like that last push to get through it almost do you know what I mean yeah you're so right the Norfolk sea breeze was just what I needed to help blow away those cobwebs for the last year and now I'm feeling much more positive as things are slowly getting going again guys if you haven't managed even a day trip out of your hometown yet I highly highly recommend it yeah I recommend it too I think it's been particularly tough on those of us that see traveling as this hugely transformative experience which obviously is the camp that pretty much all of us who are listening fall into because obviously we have not been able to travel understatement of the century um, (laughs) or switch up our environments and I guess we've all felt a little bit stuck yeah lethargic burnt out fatigued I think our listeners have agreed that these are all things that we're collectively feeling and desperate to shake off. When it comes to travel, I think, I don't know about you, but I've noticed on the one hand, there's this sort of carnal desire for sheer hedonism on holiday, much like our voice noter Deborah from last week, who's going straight to Ibiza as soon as she's allowed. Then on the other hand, there's a demand for more health-centric getaways as people have reassessed their lifestyles and their habits during lockdown. Would you agree with that, Fleur? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think wellness has always been a real focal point for our audience as many of them intertwine travel and holidays and the chance to reset on wellness retreats. But we've definitely seen much more of a, a surge. Often we're asked where we're going to switch off or, or detox. But I think that now that our lifestyles have been under a microscope for the last year, you're right. We've had the chance to take stock on our health and our wellness and our lifestyle choices. And there's definitely been a huge shift and that wellness retreats are going to be seen as this like antidote or dare I say it vaccine <laughs> against against work from home and, and lockdown fatigue but we're not talking about facials or swanning around in swanky spas wearing fluffy gowns and drinking glasses of cucumber water are we fair no I mean obviously face gym facials are fab and we never say no to a self-indulgent self-care spa day but That's not really the vibe we're all collectively seeking at the moment. That does sound nice though. But no, when we talk about wellness, because it's so personal, we're really talking about experiences that bring you comfort and joy. Those kind of things that fuel your mind, body and soul in some sort of way. Yeah, and I guess this new breed of wellness retreats are more than just meditating and practicing yoga for seven days straight. Obviously there's that too, but We're talking about retreats that help you reconnect, reconnect with nature, focus on your creativity, or even help you feel a sense of community. 
I guess it's about evolving both your body and and your mind. Experiential travel like rafting in the Amazon, skating glasses in Iceland on, on an eight-day hike, they're as much part of the wellness journey now as, you know, an eat, pray, love star retreat in Bali. This is going to sound really cringe, but I think it's things that make you feel really alive, really, isn't it? And this is where the shift in wellness travel has occurred. We're craving connection, having been isolated for so long. And I think it was maybe a bit remiss of us to ever think wellness was anything other than this holistic thing, which others are part of, rather than, I don't know, dogs and spirulina. Yeah, it's exactly that. Like, in short, we recognise that we're all knackered. Um, and if one more yeah. person puts a Zoom call in my calendar, it could be an email. I promise you, I'll self-combust. Which is why this episode, we're catching up with Rianne Stevenson. These next generation of wellness retreats that we've been talking about is exactly what Rianne founded. After leading Cycle London as CEO since its inception, she launched Arta in 2019. Yeah, I think there's a few things that set Arta apart from other retreats, which all take place in this absolutely gorgeous pocket of Spain, just outside um, Girona, by the way. It's not just the focus they put on restoring your physical and emotional health, which obviously in turn gives you the tools to implement these practices into your everyday of course, that's important, but it's actually the focus they put on connection. It's exactly like we, that we spoke about. It's connecting to the surrounding hills and mountains and also connecting to this really intimate group of like-minded individuals that you're sharing your wellness journey with. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely more than just an intensive seven-day reset. They want to help you get into new habits that suit you, but also understand the importance of recharging your batteries and having downtime. Yeah, exactly. There's this ultra-relaxed element to what Arta and Rianne offer that is ideal for those wishing to dip their toe in their first wellness-centric retreat. Yeah, balance is really important to achieve both a positive mental and physical well-being, and Arta retreats, they do just that. Plus, I think hosting them in such a gorgeous part of Spain really fuses the transformative nature of travel, which comes with its own benefits, with the things that you're going to gain from a refueling retreat. Yeah, absolutely. Balance is key. I say it all the time, but balance is key in every single aspect of, of your life. But of course, after my chat with Rianne, because we know how much you all love them and how helpful they are, uh, towards the end of this episode, we will be sharing our list of recommendations for wellness retreats around the world um, that we think you should book to shake off work from home and lockdown fatigue. India, I've given you fair warning, you can make your list. <laughs> Thanks, look. Today we talked to Rianne Stevenson about her transformative travel experiences, her journey to founding Arta and the future of wellness retreats in a post-pandemic world. So I want to start at the beginning. You're the founder of Arta Retreats. Can you just share with us how you founded that and how that came to be? How did you start Arta? Sure. So prior to Cycle, I was actually working in clinic as a naturopath and nutritionist. Um, and then I became CEO of Cycle about seven years ago. And by year three, I was completely burnt out. So I ended up in hospital with pneumonia. I was there for over seven days. And by the time I got out, I was, I was over the illness, but I was still really unwell. And that went on for months and months and months. So finally I decided that if I wanted to get well, I needed to make sure that I did something big to kind of restore 
where I was. So I went to the Mayer Clinic in Austria um, and it was fantastic. So I went for 10 days and I slept and slept and slept and slept. I did a therapeutic fasting regime. Um, I had IVs, I had massage, I had acupuncture, you know, you name it. I did their full program. And by the time I got back after only 10 days, I felt completely back to normal. So my energy was back, my fatigue was gone, and I felt like I could kind of get back into working at the same pace I was. And then I kind of thought about it and I felt like in order to continue on at that pace, I would probably just need to take that week every year to make sure that I never got back to that place um, because I couldn't really change my hours. So I needed to change kind of how I coped with that. I then went back the second year and actually I didn't like it at all. So it's still a great program, but I just found it too intense. I found it I'm too medical. Um, I, I found the reduction in calories kind of torturous because I felt okay. I just wanted to go somewhere where I could completely switch off. Um, there's not a lot of movement there. So I kind of really missed the exercise. And when I got back, I just thought how fantastic would it be if I could create my own space where you go there and you can get the same kind of benefits you get to going like a clinical space, like the mayor, but actually it's a bit more chic. It's a bit more modern. You can still move. It's not so hardcore. So it's not necessarily for people who are sick, but it will really help you to stay well, but still feel like it's a luxurious holiday. And that's kind of how it came about. I think it's really interesting that you found yourself at the Maya Clinic after realizing you were suffering from burnout. Cause I think that that oh, B, yeah. that B word that we talk about a lot, mm-hmm. and like India and I've talked about it a lot on the podcast previously, it's also common nowadays. And it's so common. Especially at the moment, especially at the moment when we're all kind of, you know, chained to the desks and we haven't really got that separation between work and home and yeah. really missing um really missing balance I guess how would you say that an arter retreat can cure burnout almost what what kind of things do you guys offer that help us who are fatigued with work or fatigued with with life how would you say that they can the retreat can help us with that well I think one of the really fantastic things about going to a retreat whether it's arta or somewhere else is that you kind of you give over all your control and everything is planned so you don't have to think about a thing um and when you get to arta the environment first and foremost is beautiful so it has a really healing energy the interiors are very chic it feels like you're in a luxury hotel and then you're surrounded by beautiful forests and rolling hills and then you you just kind of go along with the program that like every part of it is designed to make you feel good. So the food is super nutritious. And then you have time in nature where you hike, you come back, you have more food than you rest. You have your massages, you have the sauna. So there's just a program where at every point it's kind of tackling one of your need states. And we we're also very kind of firm on switching off in terms of tech. So there's no tech in the common areas. And we really encourage you to just let your mind switch off because that's half of it, right? Like, I mean, as we've seen this year, we kind of wake up, we check our phones and then we just sit down again. And then we're, we're on our computers all day and mentally it's, it's exhausting. So just the fact that you can switch off and get into nature and have incredible food and go for your saunas, it changes your state so quickly and so profoundly that um, the results are always fantastic. Yeah. I definitely would say that us being chained to our phones and our laptops and locked into this cycle of like doomsday scrolling almost is definitely such a (laughs) contributing factor to to burnout it's interesting that 
you went to a very like traditional science-led clinic like Maya and then founded more of a I guess holistic and well-rounded retreat such as Arta do you think that's the future of wellness do you think that's where we're going and what we'll see post-pandemic yeah so I mean I think the clinics like the mayor really have their their place because when I went I was very sick um and I think that their program is very therapeutic and when you're very sick and you want to make a change when you go to somewhere like that it works but then there's this other whole sphere of people who aren't sick but they're not well right and when you're in that kind of a state what you want is to still feel like you're going on a holiday still feel like you're treating yourself but it has the intention of helping you stay healthy and I think whereas kind of five or six years ago there was like the things you did for wellness and then there's your life now we just understand that wellness has to be a part of your everyday life because it's too important and so what people are are looking for now I think is just ways to incorporate it into their everyday so it just becomes a natural part of what they do we used to go on holidays where we'd eat we'd eat everything we'd have so much alcohol we'd party and then we'd come back and totally exhausted and then you almost feel like you need a holiday from your holiday and look those are always going to happen I mean we're we're all going to still have those kind of moments where we have our fun but actually on the day-to-day what people what they're craving is to feel good and to feel good you need to go somewhere that understands how to make you feel like that and so that you can really go on holiday and feel like you're coming back with more energy and more vitality rather than the opposite yeah, definitely. Because we go on holiday to feel rested, right? We want to have a change of environment, exactly. change of pace, yeah. and, exactly. and to come back and feel that we can, you know, tackle things of with full force. And yeah, you're right. All too often we fall into that trap of thinking that we can go all out in terms of like forgetting about wellness when, when we're away. So you talked a, a bit about there about coming back and and feeling healthy and 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 feeling well. What kind of things do um, Art instill in you that you can change your habits when you get home? What kind of things can we expect on one of your retreats that means that we can actually change the day to day when we get back to our, our routine? So one of the things that I think is really impactful is how quickly you can feel very well through just how you change your nutrition and how you move. So like, sometimes I feel like when I speak to people, they think that you have to do so much in order to feel good, but actually it's just the basics. You just have to have some consistently good food. You have to move your body and you have to manage how you cope with your stress, right? So what we do on the retreat is we start to help to teach people about how you, you can eat, how, how you can really enjoy the foods that are healthy, how when you do certain practices like your breath work or yin, they can help, they can help you sleep so that changes you make feel very easy and very natural. And they don't feel like it's a chore because I still think so many people fear that, wellness is a chore and actually it's not um what I find the chore is more of when when you want to kind of recover from really bad habits that that's a lot harder than actually just instilling the habits in the first place if you were to give our listeners I let's just say two to three tips on how they can start to bring these healthier habits into their into their lives what what would they be how would you say that they can overcome maybe fatigue or 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 burnout um caused by the pandemic 
So the food, how you eat, how you fuel your body is probably the most important thing paired with sleep, right? So those, those two, it's very challenging to kind of pick which one is more impactful because they're both so important to overall health, but making sure that your diet is very consistent and healthful and is something that is fueling you is kind of the most impactful thing that you can do. In terms of the specific stress we felt from the pandemic, then of course you have making sure you can switch off. So kind of having an end to your day. And then even like trying to find something you can do to change your state, whether it's you go for a walk or you go for a jog, you do some yoga, maybe you cook, but just something where you you can separate your work from your night, I think is so important because again, like we said, when you're stuck at home, you kind of get sucked into just being on the computer all day and never actually having time to switch off. And then of course, movement is so important. Um, What I find is that a lot of people now, and I've done this sometimes as well, is you wake up and then you just walk upstairs and you sit down and you're then seated all day. And it's so terrible for your energy, for for your mind, for for your posture, for your body, and just making sure that you can kind of get that movement in first thing, but then also plan in some other small bits. So like when, um, when, when we have lunch at art, we always then go for a walk just to make sure we, we move and keep that momentum going. Because if not, we just kind of sit for eight hours and it's just so unhealthy. Yeah, you just find yourself slumped, don't you? You find yourself slumped over yeah. a desk or on a couch or, you know, binge yeah. Netflix. But I think it's so interesting that obviously, I'm obviously a Londoner and I would spend um, 40 minutes walking to the tube station, an hour commute, yeah. and then I'd do that the reverse. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, that's two hours of the day that you have completely wiped out and you just totally. move from one spot to another. And I think, yeah, you definitely need movement and to keep your body... Um, oh, you have to. Even to keep to like spurt like creativity or, you know, when you get that like four o'clock slump, it's it's the best thing, isn't it? To get up, go yeah. for a walk and then come back and you have like a increased, increased sense of energy. Yeah. Some yoga. One thing also that I found has been super impactful is just making sure you give your eyes a break, right? Because you sit down, you stare at a screen with blue light for the entire day. It's it's not healthy for your eyesight, for your mind, for your energy, for your circadian rhythm. So, so either making sure you have regular breaks or investing in some of the glasses that kind of shield you from blue light. I mean, I've had those for years and they're very, very helpful when I don't wear them. I definitely feel it. Um, so, so even small things like that can have a huge, can, can have a huge impact. Yeah, I, I've been wearing them for a couple of years now and I find it really hurts if I'm jet lagged as well. Obviously that is a yeah. word that I've not muttered for nearly a year I know <laughs> what's jet lag I miss jet lag honestly I never thought I'd say I'd, I'd miss jet lag but I I really do yeah. um I do miss waking up and forgetting what destination or time zone I'm in um of course. speaking of speaking of uh, waking up in different time zones yeah um, I want to hear about some of your own travel experiences what are some of your favorite travel memories so I think my all-time favorite was um, the trip I got engaged on. Um, my husband took me to the Dolomites and it was like my perfect holiday because the hotel was incredible. It had a beautiful spa. The food was unreal, but then there was also so much to do in terms of nature. So um, we actually got engaged at the end of a seven hour hike, which was so intense, but beautiful. Um, and then the following day we did Via Parada, we went paddling. That was one of my my all-time favorites because it was the perfect combination of, of, of activity and relaxation, which are my favorite types of holidays. Yeah, a good balance. Do you remember where you stayed? 
we stayed at Alpina Dolomites and it was beautiful. The food was fantastic. They had a whole kind of um, hydrotherapy part of their spa where they had the cold baths and different kinds of saunas and different kinds of steam. So we would wake up and have a big breakfast and then go hiking or go for a run and then come back and have like hours in there. It was just beautiful. I loved it. And apart from Arta, is there any other wellness retreats that you're hoping to either book yourself onto this year or next? Is there anywhere else that you want to give um, give a go or try out? I think if I was going to go back to more of a, a medical place, I'd love to try the Valanzahaf. Um, they, you know, they've opened a clinic in London and they're just super up to speed on all of the latest kind of the technologies in functional medicine, their food is fantastic, and it's in a beautiful part of the world. So I think the Lanzahoff would probably be my first choice after Arta, but they're very different, right? So with Arta, um, there's no restriction on calories, and it's much more about the movement and the yoga and the food and kind of the combination, whereas the Lanzahoff is more of a the, the traditional kind of medispa. Um, but if I'm honest, like after having a baby and going through the pandemic, I wouldn't mind that. I think one of the um, main things that strikes me that's different about Arthur and like a traditional like medi spa is, I guess, the feeling of community because it's quite a small group, isn't it? Like quite an intimate group that you're on the retreat with. But I guess you'll become quite close, don't you? Whereas a, a medi yeah. spa, you're quite isolated. Yeah. And I think that's also one of the things that I didn't love about the second time when I went to the mayor, the first time I was fine with it because I was so tired that I just didn't care. Like all I wanted to do was sleep. The second time though, like I said, I felt well. So kind of the imposed silence, you can't speak when you eat. I just felt a little bit too isolated. One of the things I loved about cycle was just the community. And so I really wanted to create was the same kind of community vibe through Arta. So when you get to Arta, the maximum number of guests we can have at one time is 18. So it's a really great number of people and it just feels a lot more social where you have those times, you have the shared experiences with your hikes and the yoga, but then also you still have that downtime if you want it. And you can obviously choose how much downtime you have. So I really love that about Arta. What can we expect from Arta this year? This is a really exciting year for Arta. So I think at first we were quite worried about the uncertainty, right? Because obviously we're still shut and Spain has just kind of gone in and out of another lockdown so not only do we have to consider what's going on here but we don't really have any control of what's going on there but one of the great things about that is it's forced us to pivot as many businesses have into some of the plans we would had for kind of year three and four so we've just found a really great site in the UK which we're going to partner with to do the retreats from here which we're so pumped about we are releasing more of those kind of at-home programs for health in the near future and we're also going to be kind of moving into the supplement space soon so it's really exciting so exciting are you allowed to share whereabouts in the UK you're going to be hosting your retreat or is it top secret for now it's it's a little top secret but but I'll say it's only an hour and a half on the train from London so it's like the perfect kind of place you can go for a weekend when would the details be released about that so I can this our listeners can stay tuned we're going to be talking about that in the next four weeks oh soon yeah, very soon. So you heard it here first. So an exclusive mm. there for everyone listening. Keep your <laughs> eyes peeled. Do you guys have a, a newsletter that our listeners can sign up to? We sure do. Yep. 
where can they follow you? Do you want to share your handles? So the handle for Arta is Arta Retreats. I'm Rian Stevenson and our website is arta.co. So you can find everything you need to know there. Brilliant. I think that's a perfect um, partner with someone someone in the UK to offer people that might perhaps still feel a bit nervous about traveling abroad so they can still get their wellness fix. I think so many people just really want to do something that's just going to make them feel significantly better fast. And these are the perfect things. India, what would you say your wellness type is? Not to sound too goopy, but I would say mine is quite experimental. Like, I really like trying new things, like however wacky or wild, but I wouldn't say I ever revert back to one particular thing and I don't practice something often. So I'll bounce from sauna sweatsuit sessions in LA to like sound baths in Bangkok, but I've never adopted any of these things into my daily life and iv for jet lag though sign me up Gwyneth would be so proud for her she really would mate life made um no but what i mean is like i've never committed to a full retreat so like whatever is buzzy i seem to gravitate towards i would try (laughs) i feel like this just says so much about me as a person like i just have (laughs) i basically have commitment issues you Um, said it not me for but yeah so that's what that's what I, i seem to to gravitate towards just things that like buzzy and and on trend so i guess would you be keen to try circadian travel or for those listeners who don't know what that means it's basically a sleep retreat a fancy word for a sleep retreat circadian travel yes yeah, such a fancy word for a sleep <laughs> retreat and we have a we actually have a whole article about it online that will um we do link, we do that will link in the show notes because it's actually really interesting it actually talks about the science behind it and how our body clocks seem to be really out of sorts since lockdown and um, hence this rise of retreats that focus on sleep and um, it explains the science a lot better than we ever will so i do suggest you all go pause this and then give it a read yeah it's not just like turning up and going to bed for a week is it no anyway Flair, is there anywhere in particular you'd like to go and try a sleep routine i mean there's plenty of places i want to go and sleep for a week um, <laughs> but i know that wasn't the question <laughs> no no um, so I know the Lucknam Hotel offer a sleep focus retreat. So it's just outside, um, just outside of Bath. So it's quite good for those who don't want to travel too far to attend one. But I've seen one in Lanzahoof, Tegenesi. Again, as always, I will link that in the show notes because I've definitely butchered that pronunciation. Like did get kicked out of German um, in year nine. I think you did great. I think you did great-ish. Jury's mm, out. <laughs> um, but they do have a sleep therapy clinic. And basically they, they designed this whole program for you. So they transitioned the findings into a, a full-on routine. The interiors are quite scandy and minimalist, but like not in that clinical, really scary, like doctor, no medical kind of way. And they're way more design driven, which I, make, I think it makes it less intimidating. They have quite a scientific approach, don't they? Am I right in thinking that you've tried more of those kind of wellness experiences than holistic ones? Uh, yeah, maybe actually. What with like the sweatsuits and the <laughs> uh, non-medical induced IVs, which is obviously quite odd because I do believe in the power of manifestation, and I do carry energy crystals in my bag. Oh, for God's sake! Fair, tell me, do they make you more energetic, or is that not the point of energy crystals? I'm, um, I'm not. I'm not really au fait with with crystals. So I was 
I did get them for concentration when I was uh, way back when I was at uni and trying to finish off my my dissertation and I actually left one of them in the counter of the store so I'm not too sure um they <laughs> right, work right. okay uh anyway but I know that you have been on a few fitness centric retreats and I seem to remember you going on one in Zanzibar because I think I was interning for suitcases at the time and I had to post your passport special delivery because it ran out and you hadn't renewed it in time or something it it might not have been that trip I feel like it, it was anyway do you fancy sharing how you found the wild fitness retreat like you make me sound so disorganized it wasn't because I hadn't <laughs> renewed it wasn't I renewed my passport that's like literally half my job not really job you know what I mean no it was like I only had one page left in it or something they needed loads of stamps for border control so yeah that was a nightmare and you very did you kindly did sort that out for me but anyway we we, we go off topic um wild fitness in Zanzibar yeah that was such a, a such a brilliant week I'm quite into keeping fit um god that made me sound like a burk not that fit just like normal fit anyway Wild Fitness in Zanzibar takes place in this beautiful white sand location in these seafront villas on Paj Beach. And their whole ethos is working with the environment and natural surroundings and going back to basics, sort of rewilding yourself. So uh, the entire week is done barefoot and you have three couple hour sessions a day, which could be anything from beach runs to kilometer long swims to deadlifting palm trees. And they're also really focused on the idea of play, which is sort of childlike movements and unlearning ways of holding yourself with the stresses of adulthood, like, I don't know, sitting on an office chair, stuff like that I've put on your body. And meals are amazing. You eat fresh fish and fruit and veg at communal tables. And like, there's no sort of starvation here. There's always like a fully stocked snack table, um, but it's just got none of the shite in it. Um, I wasn't really there to lose weight, but people who were had amazing results in just a week. I think for me, what I noticed was my posture was really improved. I hadn't realized how wonky my shoulders were from probably like holding around a handbag of magazines. And also what the, what the trainer said to me, they said the sparkle had come back into my eyes by the end of the week. Oh, cute. Um, <laughs> it's probably because I hadn't drunk anything for a week. And, but I think it was also really about the people. I was a bit anxious going that I was going to turn up and everyone would be sort of like triathlon high achieving CEOs and I was going to be you know really awful but there was just a really a real mix of really just nice people with interesting jobs and stories I particularly remember that actually there's this one woman um, I think she worked for the UN and she just divorced her quite shite husband um and sort of made contact and rekindled with her like long lost childhood sweetheart anyway after the retreat she um she found out that she'd unknowingly completed the entire thing, which was, it, I mean, it was pretty grueling in parts. Um, and she was pregnant. It was such a sweet story. And I think that they got married soon afterwards. But no, oh. yeah. So, so really, really about the people there as well. Oh, that's that's so sweet. I love that. I think I remember you, you telling me that. So yeah. Um, for any of our listeners that think that sounds like a bit of them they are wild fitness are actually hosting a retreat in norfolk this year i think and um, we'll link those show those details in the show notes in case you know they're hosting it in newbury and i've got that wrong um, <laughs> but i do think your your time at wild fitness it just sounds like it's so much more about forging like friendships rather than just improving your fitness which i guess yeah. is quite similar to the ethos um that helios retreats adopts isn't it mm-hmm, mm-hmm they host I know they host a range of fitness retreats like all over the world um but typically places that like aren't your 
standard retreat destinations. So, you know, places like Mykonos are thrown in there, Tuscany, <coughs> Sardinia. I think the Sardinian one is the one that I'd like to go on because you mix up hit workouts with day sailing. And I feel like that balance is the balance I should be striving for. Fleur, I think if you're seeking a European getaway with a dose of wholesomeness, you should probably check out Mojo Rising. It's a low-key yoga retreat in Ibiza, your favourite place, which I think is all too often lumber just with a party island tag. But here it's as much about limbering up with a sunset yoga session as it is like about having a different kind of session at DC10. I'm never discussing any of my sessions I've had these 10 on this podcast. So I'm moving <laughs> swiftly, swiftly. Swiftly moving along, um, There's actually one place that I really need to shout out in this episode. Um, and not just because I'm just trying to smooth a stay there, but Camp Sarika has to, has to, has to be included. I know we've spoken about it before in the podcast, but Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker are there at the moment. And I know like how much you hate that I'm a Kardashian stan. I'm just, I'm just like rolling my eyes. Like I don't, I don't hate that you like them. I just have zero interest in talking about it. Lovely to know. Um, but it is the reason I was thinking about it again. So just full transparency to the <laughs> listeners. And some of them also might understand what I'm saying. because They might also be in the Kardashian stand camp. But I was thinking that I'd love to do a digital detox there. It's like not something they offer specifically, but obviously it's a sister camp to Amangiri and that doesn't need any introduction. No, um, no. But it is located in the same, you know, really gorgeous, rust-coloured, canyon-filled desert. And I don't know, I just think I would vibe so much with the meditative, meditative? Um, meditative. Meditative energy <laughs> <laughs> that everyone that's visited Amangiri says that it radiates. Flat. I'm going to call your bluff here. You're saying it's got nothing to do with the fact you're going to have your own private plunge pool or fireside restaurant. No, no, no. If that's what it takes to make you do digital <laughs> detox, anything to stop me from doomsday scrolling. Closer to home, though, I think the UK definitely isn't lacking when it comes to serving up our own calendar of wellness retreats, are they, Fleur? Not at all. There is so, so many and they cater for everything and everyone from surfing retreats such as Wild and Freeze, Women in the Water, Down in Cornwall, although it gets booked up really quickly. So yeah. you have to be like first in, like it's like getting a pair of Jordans, you have to be like first in. <laughs> um, <laughs> then you've obviously got Reclaim Yourself and they're hosting a yoga and wilderness retreat in the Highlands this year. One of many, I think. Um, creative writing treats by Arvon in Yorkshire. Not forgetting our favourite Welsh staycation vault hole, Forest. This is just bang up my street. They mix days of cycling with pub pit stops, films around fire pits and sauna sessions for post-pedalling downtime. Uh, it's a really great way to simultaneously explore the beautiful Welsh countryside while also dipping your toes into a runner's retreat. And I think, again, you know, it's a very communal experience and, and lots, of, lots of time to make friends. Pubs and pedalling. That's <laughs> brilliant and we do have a really really fab article that mentions quite a few of these that we'll also uh, link in the show notes for those of you seeking a holistic uk wellness retreat um but there is somewhere that i want to show you india which i know isn't really a wellness retreat um that takes in like takes place in some like really beautiful pocket of the world 
but I do think it's going to be of real interest to our listeners, especially as we've discussed things like workations and how to be creative burnout on the podcast before. Go on, then we'll hear. So there's this place called Mission Works, which has just opened in Hammersmith. So the building's been a community hub for, I think, over 100 years. It's been a church hall, it's been a kitchen, it's been a workers' club, but now it's reopening as a community co-working space. And I don't mean like having pretty like foliage filled spaces of just a, a, a few desks they're actually calling upon the local community to offer a range of classes such as like cooking yoga painting pilates so think of it as kind of a hub with meditation spaces a studio and just really integrating wellness into the community and opening it up for all it's definitely something that i think people can sometimes think is really expensive but this is just a great example of, of the future of wellness that it just highlights it is really important that we can all restore and reset from this really tough time for people. Do you know what it really reminds me of? Have you had a rock water in Hove, Fleur? Yeah, it's quite similar, actually. So for those of you who don't know, Rockwater in Hove started life as a restaurant, really, on the beach. It's quite quickly become a thriving local space. It's moved beyond a place to meet pals for coffee and now offers like stand-up paddleboard sessions, yoga and fitness classes on the beach deck and informative talks. You name it, they seem to offer it. And again, it's almost like a community hub, not as pompous as a sort of members only club, but it is a brilliant place to meet people. And there's definitely like infectious creative energy about it, not to mention really gorgeous interiors as well. I feel like what Rockwater and Mission Work are doing are really prime examples of how wellness experiences have been integrated into our daily lives like never before, on our holidays, in our workspaces, and now even in our beachfront brunch spots. I hate to be so cliche, but health is wealth. Fla, we nearly got through a whole episode without cliche from you. Barry. But no, <laughs> you're quite right. I think we're all going to see a shift in attitudes, views, and the uptake in wellness retreats, be they domestic or international, over the next few months. So watch your space, guys. It's great hearing that so many of you are eager to travel again. We caught up with some of the Upgrades listeners to find out where they're planning to travel to next. Hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm listening from Bracknell. I'm hoping to go to Greece at the end of August for 10 days. was originally meant to be going to Dominican Republic right this second, but obviously due to COVID got cancelled. Everyone is just itching to get away. So let's hope it's sooner rather than later. As the world starts to open up again, we want to know where you're travelling to next. Whether it be a staycation in Cornwall or a trip to Capri, we love hearing what you're planning. Send us your voice notes to fleur at suitcasemag.com. We'll link all of our recommendations from today's episode into the show notes alongside links to our articles that will help you plan your next adventure. Special thanks to Arta founder Rianne Stevenson for joining us. I'm keen to embed some of her well-being wisdom into my everyday. Maybe then I'll stop screaming at my laptop every time someone sends me a Zoom invite. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast listening platform you use. The upgrade from Suitcase Magazine will be back in two weeks' time. Until then, check in with us at suitcasemag.com.